Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Hi. This is Emily Carney, and along with Eleanor Ann O'Rangers and Tom Hill, I'd like to welcome you to Space 3D, the podcast that discusses a wealth of space topics. On this episode, we are starting our tribute to astronaut Al Warden, whose career is largely defined by his role as command module pilot on Apollo 15. This episode features an interview with Al Hallenquist, famed astronaut wrangler who enjoyed a long friendship with Warden. We thought that it might be a nice thing to do to record um, some people's, you know, firsthand memories of Al that we could put into a tribute podcast for him. That's the genesis of uh, us recording here today. Oh, sure, and I'm honored that you thought of me. Thank you. You did talk a little bit about this in the group Space Hipsters and some other groups about when you first met Al and when you guys kind of became acquainted with each other. Can you retell that story for us? First, let me digress just a tiny bit. I went okay. to Air Force Rossi Military School for high school in the late 60s, and aerospace education was required study. And not only that, we were only 20 miles as the crow flies from Cape Canaveral. So, you know, I witnessed all of the launches growing up in South Florida, and especially that close. And we were even on site for Apollo 12 and Apollo 13 launches. And I'll get back to that in a little bit, because that's actually when I first met Al, even though I didn't realize it until later. Yeah, in 1984, I was working for a police agency in Palm Beach County, and having that background and being a real geek when it came to aerospace, I answered an alarm call at Al's house, and it was just a weather-related alarm call. And a spike in the current made it go off. It was a pulse alarm. But his wife, Jill, was there when I um, arrived, and she and I chatted afterwards, and then she casually mentioned that her husband was an astronaut. Well, of course, my antenna popped up. <laughs> so we chatted about it for a while, and then Al came home. I guess the company had notified him also. And we chatted, and, of course, I was geeked out like everybody. But we developed a friendship and because I had learned to fly at that school and not just being a geek. We shared the interest in aviation. And we would get together and talk. We'd meet for lunch at least once a week and just develop this friendship and built it up over the years. Well, I retired in 2001, and he had mentioned to me he was tired of people abusing him, getting stuff signed through the mail, and then a week later turning up on eBay. So in casual discussion, we just said, well, you know, do it for a fee, you know, and at least you regulate what's happening and you get, you know, you're not going to be selling them for $500 a signature. Whatever your fee is regulates the market and also you're not abused by it and it cuts back on it. 
So he agreed, and I became his agent, and it was all uphill from there. Well, um, we went to England, I think, three times to go to Autographica, and some of those flights were, the people you meet on the flights were amazing. Um, Like, for example, on this one flight, this one guy was a real bragger, and it was me in the middle, me on the aisle, this guy in the middle, and Al in the window. Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy had no idea who Al was. And Al just had casually mentioned he was an Air Force pilot. And that this guy just took off after that. And, oh, yeah, I flew F-4s in the Air Force, and me, 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 me. And Al's just sitting there kind of chuckling. But finally, I got up and I went and I talked to the flight attendant. It, it wasn't a full flight. There was a lot of seats open. And so Al and I finally moved. And the guy came over and started and again. You know, yeah, these flights to England are overnight, so we're trying to get a couple hours sleep anyway. Finally, I got up and I walked the guy back to his seat. I said, look, man, come on, we're trying to get some sleep here. He goes, yeah, I I just like telling my story. And he just kept going on and on and on. And I said, you're not impressing them. And he goes, well, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I said, I'll be up. Yeah, you are. Now, come on, man, leave him alone. And he goes, why, is he famous or something? (laughs) Oh, no. Aren't you glad my celebrity got you this 
Yeah. Okay, so I'm sitting there giving them the ha <laughs> look. Yeah. <laughs> Not that Al, this Al. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He, his stride. he thought that was hysterical. So. Yeah, he had a, he had a great sense of humor. That was yeah. that was one of my favorite things about him is he wasn't like afraid to make fun of himself. <laughs> oh no, not at all. You've kind of already touched on this, but as I as I just said, he was really known. I think probably more than many of the Apollo astronauts of his time for having you know a great sense of humor, being a great sport. Can you think of you know any other stories that um, you know kind of show that in I think he was, I mean, I'm just going from what I knew of him. I think he was a very funny person, but he could get buckled down and get serious when he wanted to be. Oh, you know, and, good. Yeah, he could yeah. get very serious, and he was very uh, determined, and he was a hard worker, and, you know, I don't oh, think no. that's a humor detracted from any of that, you know. So do you have any more stories that might exemplify those traits? Well, yeah. Um, you know, if you look at his career, and you look at his background in history, he was always a bright guy. His degree was in electrical engineering, not aerospace. So it wasn't, it wasn't like everything he did in test flight and space with NASA came easily. You know, he had to work hard at it, but he was a bright enough guy that he was very capable. I had um, asked at Gordon one time, I said, Okay, hypothetically, you're commanding Apollo 33. Who do you want to be your command module pilot? I mean, not even a blink of the eye outward, he was the best. And yeah. I was like, yeah, come on, you're the best. He goes, yeah, I am, but I couldn't pick him. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny you said that because I was talking to somebody, I forgot, I don't even remember, like years ago, and they were basically like, you know, we were talking about command module pilots or something, and they were like, hands down, Wharton was the best one. And I was like, wow, you know, and that, that's, I mean, you got Collins, you got, got you know, yeah. and Gordon and stuff, and they were like, yeah, he was the most knowledgeable one. Yeah, so. that's because when Al put his mind to something, it, it was total focus, and he was bright enough to get what he was doing, but also bright enough to find the answers to what he didn't know. And so he was so hyper-focused. I remember one time Paul White telling me that when, after the Apollo 1 fire, Al was on part of the command module redesign, and they said that he annoyed the crap out of people because he was nitpicking and finding stuff and that other people didn't even think of. And he just absolutely went to work. He was hyper-focused. He had a mission. Don't get in his way. I mean, when, now, it, it, when I said he annoyed people, don't they understood where he was coming from. Yeah, he wasn't just pissing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they felt like his, his redesign was head and shoulders above what other people had, had come up with. And you have to understand, when somebody says, even a was in the top three of command module pilots. These guys are all massively overachievers. And, you know, you're, you're talking even the worst command module pilot is better than .0001% of the rest of the guys ever selected. You know, and for him to be 
grapevine from people who worked, you know, at the Cape. And this wasn't, and I don't want to make it sound like it's a, you know, a diss or a slam against Al by any means, but around the time of Apollo 15, you know, he wasn't annoying. He was very, um, if he didn't like something, he would be very vocal about it, which, oh yeah, you know, is something that not everybody does. You know, I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, an astronaut or anything, but, you know, that I've worked in jobs before, and you'll see some people, um, probably me, are very, you know, outspoken about things they don't like, you know, and things that sure. need to procedurally change, and then you see people who are kind of not like that, you know, they're just like, yeah, whatever, you know, and, um, and they were like, yeah, he was very blunt about, you know, okay, this needs to change, you know, and, right. and stuff, and, but they didn't say it in a manner that was like, you know, he, oh, yeah, he was a jerk or anything. They said, you know, he was just trying to improve things. So right. I thought yeah. that was telling. It was very telling. And, and I've seen him hyper-focused like that. So he was, but speaking of outspoken, last space stuff that he was at, Sally had asked him to sign a bunch of their books. So during the cocktail hour, he'd come over and he grabbed me and he drug me into the um, astronaut signing room and we sat at his table where all the books were, and I'm helping him get the, I'll open the book, mark the page, and hand it over, and helping him just expedite it, something we've done a hundred times before. I said, why are you grabbing me? He said, you're the only one I trust. I need to talk to you. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Well, we're back there signing books. Um, some guy come walking by. And I don't even know why he was in there. The place was locked. But I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, he goes, that's one of the guys. And I go, one of the guys? He goes, yeah. He goes, that guy's an asshole. Why do you have him around here? And I said, well, we don't. And, you know, and he goes, and just went on for 10 minutes about what a jerk the guy was. And <laughs> I mean, He's not even quietly talking to me. He's like, that guy's a real asshole. And the, guy, wow. and the guy's like, look, and he kind of jumped, and he walked out the side door, and he kept going. And I'm just sitting there roaring. I mean, I, if I mentioned who it was, I'm sure you'd recognize it, but I'm not. And, okay, yeah, I understand. And oh, I'm laughing. I'm laughing uncontrollably because I mean you know there let me tell you there's a, a public gal and there's a guy behind the public and and he's still a nice guy don't get me wrong but he's he is one of the most outgoing and the nicest there he was and one of the nicest and he was sincere but if he yes. didn't like you he would tolerate you and boy Boy, the people he tolerated. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And if I told you some of them, you would just like, really? So, That's hysterical. Yeah. yeah um, it sounds stupid because um, obviously me and Al, uh, we're kind of far apart in age, but he, I think he and I bonded because we're both similar in that way. Because, yeah. like, we because we have to, like, I'm one of those people, I'll be an adult, and I'll be civil to people in public, at public events, but in private, I'm like, man, screw this person. Yeah. And I think he knew that about me. <laughs> I think he sensed that I had that same attitude, you know? Yeah. So it was pretty funny, you know?
you know? Yeah, I think we vibed well because of that. Because we had that same quality of, oh, you know, dang it. Like, in, in private, we were kind of like, okay, this person sucks, but I'll be nice to them because I'm an adult, you know? Now I'm getting emotional. I need to stop. Uh, <laughs> well, let me give you another funny anecdote from... Yes, okay. more funnies. We have, during the banquet, they had a banquet kind of like what we do at Space Fest, but they had... Um, what they would do is they had like a moderator that they would bring cards around to every table and people at that table would write down questions that they would ask the autograph guests. Well, most of the questions were directed at Al. And there were some other people there like Robert Vaughn from The Man from Uncle and Tippy Hedren from The Birds and, you know, some other celebrities. And finally, about three quarters of the way through the banquet, Tippy Hedren stands up and goes, well, nobody's asking me any questions, but I want to talk about Hitchcock. And, and she just kind of went on. And so the next night, we're at this little teeny tiny Italian restaurant. And I mean, it was tiny. We're sitting there, Yuri Usachev was there, and Yuri and I bonded, and we've become very close. Yuri and I are sitting there, he's trying to teach me Russian folk songs, and I'm trying to teach him do I diddy. Al sitting at the table making fun of us, and about that time, Tippy and her entourage comes in, and she goes in and sits like about two tables over, and that was like the rest of the tables in the restaurant. And finally, she gets up and she comes over and she's in a huff and she goes, is this the rude table that was trying to talk over me last night? Oh, my God. Wow. And we're just sitting there looking at her. Then we went back to talking and ignored her again. And she goes, well, I don't understand why nobody asks me questions. And she looked at Al and she goes, but they, everybody wanted to talk to you and ask you questions. And Al just kind of leaned back in his chair, and he chuckled, and he goes, probably because they like me better than you, Tippy." <laughs> <laughs> so she just goes, wow, and walks back over and sits down. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's hysterical. That is something, oh, my God. He was the king of dropping bombs, like little bombs like that. And I'm like, oh, that is God. incredible. <laughs> That's friggin' awesome. So I know I've seen some photos of kids sitting with Al, like uh, Ryan Nagata's children, um, who are so, oh, yeah. so adorable. And it seemed like he did really like little kids. I don't know if you have any stories about that at all. Well, yeah. And when I first met Al, I brought my older two kids over to, to visit with them. And they're in their 40s now, but, of course, they were much, much younger, like, you know, 10. And he just fawned over them and, you know, just really talked to them and, you know, made sure they got to see his dog. And, but he would also, whenever we would be at events, it was funny because when somebody would be annoying to him and a kid came in the room, that was his excuse to get away from him. He would look at the kid and he goes, oh, that's a, you know, make a compliment and walk over, just leave the guy standing or woman, whomever, and go over to the kid. 
so sincere. He would go over and, and just really spend time with them, and he really, really enjoyed kids. I don't want to get into it, but he really loved his kids, too. And, you know, his daughter took care of him during the final days, and I was really heartened to hear that. But he always would transfer that over. At the last Space Fest, my granddaughter came, who was 17. Now she was 16. And he hadn't seen her since she was probably about 10. So when Al came in the room, you can see there's a picture I shared of him hugging her. We walked over to him, and he saw me, and he kept walking across the room. And I said, Al, do you? Yeah, Josie, how are you? And he's hugging her. And, <laughs> and I mean, it was sincere. I mean, it was like he was really delighted to see her. So, you know, I mean, that's the way he was. He just loved kids. And, and, and he... If a kid came up to him and wanted to talk to him about space, and this is one thing I admired about him. You know, most of the astronauts, there's a couple, let me just say they're not as outgoing, but most of them enjoy kids, but not many could talk to kids on their level like Al did. And if they had a question about space, he could explain it in a way that they could understand it. Um, well, you know, look at his relationship with Fred Rogers. I mean, that was based on his love of kids. That's why he got close to Fred Rogers and, and went on his show and wrote the book, I Want to Know About a Trip to the Moon. You know, that was all for kids because he loved them. Yeah, I have that book at home. Um, and I actually, obviously it's written for a much younger audience than me, but um I really actually love that book a lot because yeah. it's, it's very good at explaining a moon trip to somebody who might not understand it well or obviously somebody younger. Right. Uh, I, I, I really, obviously it's a kid's book, but I actually really enjoy it. It's got some cute pictures of, you know, Al when he was, because a lot of the questions I think kids ask were like, what were you like as a kid? You know, did you have a normal childhood? And, <laughs> and he, you know, and they were really cute questions that, you know, but kids really wanted to know that, you know, like, um, you know, did you have a mom and a dad just like me when, you know, you were growing up? And there's a lot of pictures, you know, from his younger years in there, and it's really cute. So, yeah, I love that book. It's, yeah, it really is good. This is the part I'm struggling with kind of the most, uh, that he's gone, but what are you going to miss about him the most? Uh, the friendship. Yeah. The talking. Being able to, it, it meant something when he would call and vent or yeah. call and ask my advice. I mean, he did that right up to the end. Um, yes. Yeah. Let, let me give you one more anecdote. This will kind of sum it up. Okay. Again, it, it goes back to, to England. I had been working with him and had known him for so long. And this is what astronaut kids, I can understand why they're like that. When you're an astronaut kid, that's not, oh, my God, John Young, the greatest astronaut. That's Mr. Young, the neighbor. And mm -hmm. they don't see him as these exalted people like geeks do, like we do as geeks. And, you know, that's just Mr. Young next door or Mr. Armstrong next door. 
you know, they don't they don't have that same and I hate to use the term, but geekiness that that people that understand them do that never grew up with them. Well, <laughs> I kind of started getting that way with Al because I had known him for ever before I started working with him, and so he wasn't Colonel Warden, the Apollo 15 Comanche pilot. He was my friend Al. And, and surprisingly, most of the time, we talked about airplanes and test flight and flying. And I, I was still actively flying then, and he went up with me a couple of times. And, you know, that was kind of cool, flying an astronaut around. That's cool. And, you know, I mean, it was just Al. It wasn't Colonel Morgan. It was Al. And while we're over at, at Space or at Autographica, we stayed with John Masters for a few days after the event at his house. And he, Al, wanted to go to just get out, so we took him to the, a place called the Blue Water Mall in, in England. And it's a big pit that had been carved out, and they built a mall in it. And it, it's really nice. So anyway, it's later at night, and we had been in the stores, and sometimes you need to put things into perspective. Like I said, he was just out, and we're walking across the parking lot back to the car, and John grabs me and pulls me back, and he points up at the moon, and it's this beautiful full moon. We're kind of behind out. I go, yeah, pretty moon. You know, I'm not thinking, pretty moon. And he stops, and he's looking at me with this look of, like, what? And he's points to Al, points to the moon, pinches himself. And I went, oh, right. You know, now I get it. We're sitting here looking at the moon, and we're talking and walking with a guy that went to the freaking moon. Mm-hmm. And I had become so inured to it, I needed that. I needed that to put it back into perspective that, yeah, he was Al. He was my friend. We were close. But he went to the freaking moon. <laughs> yes. So Al stops yes. and he turns around and he goes, eh. I didn't put this on the on the Facebook, but he goes, what are you knuckleheads doing? And John says, we're just geeking out that you went to the moon. And he stopped and he looks up at the moon and he goes, yeah, pretty spectacular thing I did, wasn't it? And he turns around and walks <laughs> Hellenquist for joining us in today's episode of Space 3D. Next week, our tribute to Apollo 15 Command Module Pilot Al Warden continues with a conversation with Apollo Program Nurse Dee O'Hara. For Eleanor Ann O'Rangers and Tom Hill, I'm Emily Carney. Thanks for joining us on the Space 3D Podcast.